Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of La Rouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Stu Hardy, joined as always by Derek Brissett. Derek, how have you been? Well, not too bad, man. Uh, seems like every day we record, though, it's uh, quite the uh, quite the snowy day outside. So another uh, another perfect night to be uh, to be recording a podcast and not shoveling my driveway. I guess. Good time to be inside rather than outside, to say the least. Exactly. Well, we've had a flurry of uh, preseason games have happened this uh, past weekend as well. And we've got some other news, especially with the Arrows. We've got some results from Rugby Canada. We're also going to be talking about, at the time of recording, the latest episode that we've received of Inside the Scrum, which is episode four, as well as other MLR news. But let's get back to those preseason results. Okay, so we're going to start off with the most important one, I believe, which is uh, the DC versus Toronto game. Um, So the Arrows flew down to the US Capitol to take on Old Glory, and the final result was DC 17, Toronto 47. So yeah, definitely, not the, yeah, not bad at all. The Arrows definitely with the momentum going into the season. Um, we also have some other results from across the league as well. We had in San Diego were hosting Austin, and the result was San Diego 10, Austin 12. Then we had the big Seattle fixture, Seattle Seawolves versus Seattle RFC. The Seawolves came away the victors, uh, 76 to Seattle's 8. Then we had a preseason game that wasn't a game. It turned out to be a practice um, between Dallas and Houston. Uh, And unfortunately, the fixture between New Orleans Gold and Houston uh, was cancelled. So of those five uh, games, only three happened. Yeah, yeah. No, interesting week. Um, I think we can uh, definitely int- interesting preseason week. I think we'll get into the some of the maybe I guess the issues with the preseason um, a little bit later. But, you know, um, Old Glory versus Toronto. Um, you know, unfortunately, there wasn't a stream available for this game. So like you kind of said, there was, you know, only... Um, three of the games actually happened. There was obviously Dallas, the Dallas and Houston game ended up being a practice, which um, fans let the Houston Sabercats know about on social media for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I mean, between um, the other, the three games that did happen with uh, the, the, uh, the battle of Seattle and then um, Austin, San Diego and DC Toronto, um, only Austin, San Diego was um, streamed or had video of any kind. Um, so for the, the Toronto DC game, so obviously Toronto, huge winners, 47 to 17, um, you know, it's always tough to kind of take results, um, of preseason games too, too seriously. Um, like if you're a DC fan and you see this, it's like, I wouldn't panic or anything. It's just, you know, it's a preseason game. Um, and like, so either way though, um, we got tries from Matt Hood. For the so for the Toronto Arrows, we got tries from Matt Hood, Gaston Mirez, Ross Brody had a pair, um, Jack McRogers had a pair, and Samuel Mace um, had the final try. Will Kelly went six for seven um, off the tee for his conversions to tally up the forty-seven points. Um, like I said, um, the game the game's not filmed, or the game wasn't sorry. The game probably was filmed um, because coaches obviously are evaluating the tape of that. Um, but you know, the game wasn't streamed. Um, so it is in a way kind of difficult to necessarily analyze the game. 
um, other than the fact that Toronto apparently just scored a whole bunch of tries. Um, but um, so I'll take kind of I'm going to go for my analysis of the game. I'm going to go to Sean Windsor, um, who sent a tweet in reply um, while I was watch- or while I was also reading the Toronto Arrows tweets and updating the game. Um, so Sean Windsor, S Windsor 19 on Twitter, former Arrows player, current head coach of uh, the Brock Badgers. He says, winger try, fullback try, try set up by Marchie, who fits the role of a player who'd be in the outside channel of a 1-3-3-1 attacking scheme. Sounds like some wide, expansive attacking rugby to me. And then, obviously, in the second half, you kind of look at the arrows notes. There's tries off malls. There's tries off scrums. Um, there's, you know, uh, and a whole bunch of, like, you know, the names that are picking up tries, as I just mentioned, um, you know, Jack McRogers, lots getting a pair like a lot of like forward heavy Jack McRoger, Samuel Mace, forward heavy tries being scored. So just kind of reading about the game, um, it seems like it was a pretty good night. I mean, obviously in the past, we've seen Peter Smith's kind of style that he prefers to play from his time as the attack coach, what kind of attacking schemes he likes to run. And it is very wide and expansive and a very exciting brand of rugby um, so it sounds like the arrows are continuing this, but also obviously a big cornerstone of the arrows play has always of the arrows game has always been the strong play of their forwards. Um, so kind of nice to see that clicking on all cylinders as well. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of, I mean, Stu, do you have any thoughts on the game? I mean, we, uh, that's the, the kit looks amazing. Oh God. Like in yes. person. Yeah, like now, some, that, now we've actually seen it on players in yeah. play. It looks fantastic. Oh, it looks Great phenomenal. I, I like that's a, that's another thing too. It's like I think from the kid announcement, now that I guess there's a couple preseason games, but also there's a lot more like marketing and like photo shoots and stuff that have been kind of being shared across social media. Um, like one, okay, Dallas's Heritage jersey that came out after two is amazing. Yeah, that looks really that's, good. Might be the best kit in the league. I've now. Um, that's amazing. I can't wait to see that one. Um Nola's away kit didn't look anywhere near as good in the computer picture as it does in real life. I know this. This is why I said like black yeah. and gold, great combination. No, it works, have. and it's like the gold. Like some of the pictures that Nola was sharing and stuff, like the gold is like shiny. Like it, it looks so yeah. good. Um, it, it looks like gold. Yeah, no, it looks. So, it looks. Yeah, exactly. It looks so good. So a couple of those kits, yeah. But the arrow, the arrows away kit, away kit in this game, it looked amazing. Um, from the pictures, um, that's uh, yeah, nothing, nothing else. I guess we can really analyze from it because we didn't get to see it, Stu. Any any well, thoughts? Well, that's the thing. It is a reminder to everyone, both to like DC fans and Toronto fans, to take this uh, result with a pinch of salt. Uh, it's been noted that Old Glory were fielding several newcomers. Yeah, um, we got the lineups. We got the actual lineups at least. Not every yeah, team, which, not every game which did is, that. Yeah, which is true, but it's also things that um, John Lefebvre, uh, Labi, Corey Labi, Jack Russell, these are all um, starters for DC. Uh, Carl Stewart and John Rizzo were late additions to the roster. I think they were announced mere hours before the game actually started as new signings. So I'd say by the time it comes to the first of the three MLR uh, season fixtures between Toronto and DC <laughs> will have a much better understanding of going to get well acquainted. Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, 
you know, DC, you now have three attempts to get the win over Toronto. Um, I was just saying, the, the, the biggest times with you. Yeah, the biggest clip of this game seems to be that hit that Doug Frazier um, threw or whatever. It's the only like real clip I've seen. I think that ended up on like the rugby network or DC's thing or something, but it was just Doug Frazier. I can't even remember who the arrow player is, but it seemed like a pretty good hit. Um, and also, yeah. um, congratulations to Doug on being named captain for this game. Yes, yes. Congratulations to Doug. Yeah, no, more Canadian captains in the league, man. It keeps uh, the number keeps going up. Yeah, Canadian um, invasion. That's all. So this does lead me to a question. All right. I think based on what we saw this week, um, across the board, does the MLR need to improve preseason? Yes, but. I also think because the league is in such an infancy, yeah, that it al- it's allowed to get away with some things that you know maybe other may not be able to. And this is the thing, especially with the league expanding and the realization that you're not going to be playing every team year in year out. So, for example, Toronto's not going to be facing San Diego in the 2022 season proper. Maybe in the postseason, but uh, that would obviously be the championship final, which uh, Toronto would win. Um, <laughs> yeah, San Diego's but, never beat them, so yeah, yeah. But but that's the point. As in, like it, when it's um, especially coming to, you know, we're already hearing rumors of like 14 team uh, league. Um, what I would personally like to see is that if you're not going to be facing a certain team in the regular season for the coming year, mm. then maybe try and organize a preseason fixture between one of the teams you won't be facing. If that yeah, makes that's, sense. Uh, yes, but a lot of the times preseason is also done for convenience of travel. I right, can understand. Why, like in the past, Toronto's played New York. Um, Toronto's playing DC. Like you look at Houston playing Dallas, um, San Diego playing. That's what is San Diego plays LA this weekend, right? Like that's, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of San Diego plays LA, NOLA plays Atlanta, um, Austin plays New York. That's a bit of travel there. Um, DC yeah. versus New England. That's, you know, those are two close by yeah, games. Yeah, next door neighbors, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I think that's a big thing in preseason. I think it's just um, my, I guess the reason I ask, and it's like, I do agree with you. It's like, obviously that's, it is a new league. It's still a new league. And, you know, I know, I know in saying, you know, it doesn't need to improve and stuff. There's obviously financial reasons yeah. and things. Right. And, um, but um, like, I just think like, to me, like preseason is, I kind of th- I think to me preseason has like a twofold purpose, right? Um, one is the of the athletic side, which is you know it gives coaches the opportunity to evaluate players, gives players the opportunity to showcase themselves if they're fighting for like a roster spot or, you know, whether they're going to start or be on the bench or you know not necessarily in the match day twenty three on a regular basis, um. So it gives and it gives teams to like, you know, maybe work on workout systems. You know, lots of teams have new coaches. 
Um, right. Lots of teams are going to get new coaches right before the season starts. Um, oh, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. later. Though. So it's like a lot of teams, you know, have new coaches. Coaches are trying to establish what they want to do. Right. And work on the systems. And that's that's a big benefit to having a preseason game. Right. That's why you do it. Um, but I think the second a secondary function of preseason just is marketing. Right. Is to is to build yeah. up some hype for the season. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's to build up some hype for the season. And it's like it's difficult. I think it's difficult to do when people can't see any of the games um, for for the most part. And, you know, obviously there's the whole issue of what happened in Houston um, in which the Sabercats advertised the game that turned out to be a joint practice and then released a statement earlier today explaining that they knew it would be a joint practice the day before, but still advertised it as a game. People showed up expecting a game that wasn't what it was. And there's a lot of angry Sabercat fans right now. Um and angry Dallas fans as well. All, yeah, and there's angry Dallas fans too, right? Uh, and, and I mean, like when I say like it's part of like the marketing and stuff too. Like you look at the uh, like the f- you know f- Facebook posts and stuff for like the Houston Sabercats, the comments on their social media. Um, you know, people were saying that they brought like people that have never been to a rugby game before. Um, that that was going to be like the first game, and you know, and uh, it might have it might be something that turns fans off from coming or whatever um yeah. which is which is super unfortunate um and which is super unfortunate but it also goes to show you that like you know listening like reading some of those comments and i mean you could probably take them um seriously or whatever but you know it, it does go to show you that like if you're gonna play like no matter what it's probably somebody's first game yeah right like i mean hey like i, I bet you there's somebody at, at the crowd in dc or the crowd in San Diego that hadn't seen a rugby game before either. Hopefully those people had a good time. Hopefully those people will want to come back. Um, but I just, like, I think, I think it's like, it's just, if, if you're looking at it from that perspective, that preseason should also be used for marketing. I don't think the M I, I, I don't think the MLR hit the mark on that this weekend. Um, no. because, and like, even, even if you go, like, I'll use the, the Austin-San Diego game because it was the only game that was streamed, um, right? And the, st- the stream is fine. Like, I'm not... I, and the, the stream was good. Like, I'm not asking for, like, you know, full, like, Fox Sports, like, production yeah. on it or whatever. It was what... The stream was exactly what I w- you would want from a preseason game. Like, no commentary. You just hear the sounds of the game. Um, and... Like that's and you just get to watch the game and see the game and I think if like new for for certain fans like that's a really enjoyable thing but it's like again though like if you kind of look at the game um it's I don't I don't know how like that Austin San Diego game would have gone over with like a new fan either right because like um you know there's no rosters posted um no lineups if you looked at um what Austin was wearing. Like they were wearing kind of a mishmash of kit um, from previous seasons. So it's like you have um, the first try that Austin scored in the game was scored by Zinzin Ellen Puttick wearing as a winger, playing the wing, wearing a number seven jersey with Abdul Manum written on the back. Right. Which that's that's not his name. Um, no. And that that's not his name, nor is that the position that a number seven should be wearing or 
playing, right? Um, there's also like I, I look at a moment like um, there's a scrum in the 13th minute where um, the front, the Austin's front row is one like the num- the numbers of the players. So Austin's front row is one six seventeen. Um, the two locks have no numbers. Um, the flankers are eighteen and twenty. The eight man is wearing one, so same number as a, as a, the loose head prop. Um, the fly the scrum half doesn't have a number. The fly half's wearing ten. There's a center wearing number six. So again, the center and the hooker are wearing the same number, and there's a wing wearing seven. Um, which, like, I and um, you know, which I would imagine would be confusing to any new fan that maybe was interested and happened to tune into that, seeing guys wearing no numbers, seeing multiple players wearing the same number. Um, and I even like, I even kind of look at, um, America's rugby news has like a, I guess like a recap of the preseason action. And at one point and in the article, it says there were also five San Diego players. We could not identify with no lineups posted. And it's like, if you look at that and it's like, if um, America's rugby news is like the, the like the pinnacle of media that covers this league, right? Like the one of like the most one of the most like prestigious out, media outlets that covers Major League Rugby, um, incredibly knowledgeable, right? And it's like if America's rugby news doesn't know who San Diego has on the field, like what chance does a new fan that happened to be tuning into that have? Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Like, I feel like, um, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, uh, like you said, it's like, it's a new league. Um, I just think like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that it'll happen for like next weekend, but, um, I, I don't know. I feel like it's not necessarily an area to be overlooked because I think if you do it right, it can help you in your marketing. Right. And, and if that could just be as simple as, like in all honesty, too, like I can even forgive something like the Houston Dallas thing. Hey, if the stream didn't work, I used to be an AV tech at a major event venue in Toronto or whatever. I get technology failing on you. Um, like I can forgive, I can forgive the stream not working, but it's like um, you kind of go like go kind of across the board. And it's like teams not really posting lineups. Um, there's really hasn't been any publicly made available video for a lot of these games and stuff. And the one game that it was because there's no lineups and players are wearing jerseys that aren't theirs. Like for a new fan, I could just see it being confusing to me. Yeah. Right. Um, so like, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. Like, what do you think, Stu? Do you think I'm, am I hitting any like right notes here? Like, is this something that the league can improve on or should, should look to maybe improve say for the, for next season or something? Or is there, is there room for improvement here? I mean, maybe the Houston thing aside, because it sounds like there was a bit of an issue with how they advertise that and their fans aren't happy, but. Yeah, I think there needs to be a better structure in place for preseason fixtures. Now, obviously with um, 13 teams in MLR and if they're playing within the league itself, there's obviously going to be some clashes, one team will have to play a minor league team, as shown by Seattle, who had to play Seattle. But in the sense of there just needs to be 
a better structure coming from all of this. And the thing, and the thing is that even though like the new kits were released a week ago, I'm not expecting every team to have their new kit no. already there and ready to go. At the same time, the consistency needs to be you're using the same kit from, say, last season or two seasons ago if you want to do like a throwback kind of thing. The issue with Austin is that they were mixing it between the 2020 kit and the 2021 kit, which is probably the reason why you'd have uh, players wearing the same number or having the wrong name on their back. And it just, it's sloppy. It um, just shows a lack of professionalism by just having that. Yeah, the random kits. Yeah, yeah. just, yeah. So it's, it's pretty disappointing to see. Um, and again, yes, I think, you know, maybe proper planning, uh, deal with like the rugby network or something like that to say yeah all game all preseason games will be shown here unless a local deal can be established um and and again it's all like you know take it with a grain of salt you know these games say maybe will say like okay they won't have commentary on them or they no and i think i think that's fine if they don't have commentary and stuff it's just like no no video is kind of weird though like nothing yeah nothing's i think nothing like especially it's like like you it's high performance sport like you know they filmed it yeah right like we all know they filmed it like put it put it up on youtube the next day as we said it's a growing league that still yeah things iron out and you know you know what hopefully in like five years time we can have like 30 preseason no cancellations because of visas or anything like that and you know we'll be good to go and we'll be looking at these halcyon days of like oh only three of the five games back in my day only three of the five preseason fixtures happened yeah and and i mean like in, in saying in saying this like i'm sure there's reasons for it um i'm sure a lot of those reasons are probably financial related as well yeah probably um, for 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 the reason why like you know teams aren't doing streams or um and what have you and stuff and like and that's fine because in all honesty like we said it's a new league right and preseason in the grand scheme of things is probably not the highest thing on the priority list um but i think looking at this past weekend and stuff you know going forward i think like i said in my opinion preseason has a twofold purpose where it's obviously for the teams itself to evaluate where they're at, evaluate their players and evaluate their game plans going into the season. And then the second one is marketing, right? Building up a little bit of hype for the season, right? Um, and, and I think I think where we're at right now in MLR is missing that second component of what preseason can be used for. Yeah. Is, and like hopefully it grows to be able to be a little uh, a bigger marketing tool for the league uh, next season or, you know, a few years down the road or whatever. Okay, so we're going to be moving on from preseason fixtures to some final season signings because the Arrows have announced their three final names for 2022. Now, obviously, injuries are a thing, so anything happening 
going forward is just going to be as cover. But these are the three final names that the Arrows have made for the 2022 season. Um, so we have a new scrum half in Cole Brown. Uh, he is promoted from the Senior Academy. We have loosehead prop Lalani Faleva. And we have a number eight and flanker, Taitusi Vikilani. Now, there's two things that we need to mention. Um, first of all, is that previously announced signing Falele Sioni has decided to opt out of the 2022 season for family and personal reasons. And so Lalani has been uh, recruited in his place, um, signed from uh, New Zealand. And the second one is the history of Taitsuzi Vikilani. Um, so for those of you that didn't know, and I was one of them, is I'm, uh, back in 2015, this has been announced um, and has been shown through America's Rugby News, is that after attending a party in February of 2015, an intoxicated Vicky Lani and another man engaged in a fight with a group of others outside a Burnaby Skytrain station. A woman nearby recorded the incident on her phone when Vicky Lani confronted her and then assaulted the woman. Her companion intervened. Her companion was stabbed by the man accompanying Vicky Lani, and he later died of his wounds. Now, the man convicted of the stabbing was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. Uh, Vicky Lani received three years probation on top of his incarceration, which was for six months minus a day. And he served that sentence back in 2017. Now, obviously, that's a bit of negative history associated with Vicky Lani. Because before, um, while this was going on, back when he was a 19-year-old for the 2016 Canadian Rugby Championship, he was uh, an up-and-comer. He was, you know, someone who could maybe be scouted for the Canadian squad. But this incident and this conviction have obviously put an end to all that. Um, that said, he has been playing with Pacific Pride um, and was revived when it was revived in 2019. And he recently completed in the Coastal Cup. Now, when um, Vicky Lani was convicted, his lawyer stated at the time alcohol changed um, Vicky Lani's character that night, and he hasn't had a drink since. And I doubt very much he'll ever have a drink again. Um, as a result, the Arrows have released a statement talking about that, you know, he was a teenager, he made a mistake, he's taken responsibility for his wrongdoing, he's paid his debt to society, and that how it's made him become a better man, both on and off the field. Um, he al they also say they conducted due diligence prior to signing Titusi. Um, they spoke to members of the senior staff that spoke with uh, Vigilani's current and former coaches and teammates and through many conversations and the feedback they received that was consistent across the board. They recognize him as passionate, hardworking and has demonstrated strong character. And he's a respected teammate both on and off the pitch. Now, the final paragraph I'm going to read verbatim from what the Arrows posted. Taitusi's mistake will always remain with him and he does not hide away from this. However, this should not preclude Taitusi from being granted an opportunity to rejoin society, especially based on his personal development over the last many years. We believe Taitusi possesses the values required to be a player for the Toronto Arrows and that he'll be an upstanding member of our organization. 
Um, and one more thing to mention is that because of his conviction, uh, Vigilani will not be able to enter the USA, and so he cannot compete in any of the Arrows Road games. So the earliest he can make his debut will be at Starlight Stadium on February 11th or back in Toronto for the remainder of the home games. Now, this is a very difficult subject to go over. Obviously, the Arrows have understood that there is going to be feedback because of this. And certainly if you Google Titusi's name, the first thing that comes up is the announcement of his conviction and his sentencing. Um, then again, you also have the fact that he has served his sentence. He's played with and been coached by many people within uh, rugby, the Rugby Canada organization and the Arrows organization who have um, given their own personal recommendations of why he should be uh, playing with the Arrows. And at the same time, you always have the court of public opinion and that some people may say that no matter what he does, he still, in their eyes, hasn't paid his debt to society and it's always going to be a complicated matter that comes up. Like certainly any time that we mention the Arrows are going to be playing any of the US teams in the United States, it's going to come up that Vicky Lani won't be able to go with them. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a very difficult thing to go over. Now, obviously, me being the non-Canadian, had no knowledge of this prior to the announcement and the statement being released. But for those that have been within the rugby community within Canada over the past well, five or six years now, will know about this incident. So... Derek, is there anything you'd like to say? Yeah, like, um, yeah, I think I think when I saw the signing announced, like, I, I was surprised. Um, the the first the first thing I thought of was was knowing that that's what his history is, and uh, uh, I I was curious to see like kind of what if the arrows would address that, and they didn't mention it in the 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 initial um, release that they announced his signing. Um, but then, you know, they've released this, the statement um, that you've read there um, through America's Rugby News. And um, so, yeah, like you said, it's a it's, it's like, um, you know, that part of their their statement where it's like he does not hide from it. And it's, you know, it, it's difficult to like you said, Stu, if you Google his name, you're met with, you know, like plenty of articles, pages worth of Google you know, you have to go pages of Google to get to like just rugby stuff about them. Um, you know, it's uh, there's, you know, even like just uh, if you just Google his name, it's like you'd not only see like, you know, a lot of articles from um, CTV News out in Vancouver, um, uh, CTV News in BC in general, um, you know, that were covering the trial. You find there's a lot of newspaper articles that covered it. There's a like there's even a like a TV document documentary series episode on on the case as well. Like there's there's a lot of media that is out there covering covering the ins um, covering um, Vicilani's you know tr his trial and um, his in inevitable conviction of uh, manslaughter. Um, so it's obviously difficult um, you know to avoid that. And like you said, it's like it's uh, it is affecting him still. It's obviously going to keep constantly affecting him. Like you said, he can only play half the games, um, so that that is going to be something to take into consideration as well. They the arrows in their um, statement talked about 
Um, I guess the fact that they talked to a lot of his former coaches and teammates, a lot of which are on the arrows. Um, a handful of his former teammates are, would be on the arrows. Obviously his brother Siaki is on the arrows. Um, and, you know, it's like, I guess, you know, I guess they, they seem, they seem convinced that this will be good for their organization. Um, and, you know, it's probably one of those calls where maybe you just, you know, um, rehabilitation is probably a good thing. Um, you know, but, uh, you also like, you can't be wrong on this call either. Right. So like, it's, uh, it, it is a tough, it, it's like you said, it's, it's a, it's a tough situation to kind of go over for sure. I guess, uh, it'll be interesting to see, I guess going, I mean, maybe moving on from it, um, from that and like kind of going on it, it'll be interesting to see like where he slots into the lineup too. Um, cause like the back row for the Toronto arrows is, is deep. Right. I mean, like even, um, you know, you got just at eight, obviously you kind of got Foley, Foley and uh, Siaki are there at eight. Um, you know, if you move them to uh, like a flanker position, you obviously got Della Vega, Rumball, Flesh, um, not uh, even a guy, even a guy like Kyle Bailey could probably drop back and play in the back row if he needs to. Right. Um, so it's really it's a oh, and uh, Marcello Wainwright. I forgot Marcello Wainwright is an eight man as well. Excuse me. Um, so like it's, it's deep, it's a lot of positions or it's a lot of talented players. It's probably one of the arrows deepest positions and he can only play eight games. So it'd be interesting to see how many games he actually does end up factoring into. And, um, you know, just how, how the arrows decide, decide to use them, especially knowing that he can only play in half of the games. And most of those games are going to be in the back half of the season as well. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds and we hope yeah. that it can all be for a positive result for everyone, like the fans, the arrows and Vicky Lani himself. But it's also one of the things that we'll just have to wait to see until yeah. uh, the season actually starts. Um, Yeah. Like I would, I, I'm not, you know, for the other signings too, um, uh, you know, it's unfortunate to see um, um, Sione opting out of the season, um, but obviously um, replaced COVID's by still a thing. Sorry, COVID's still a thing. So, mm. as an Australian, obviously, like the border restrictions were. Oh, is that what they said be. it was? I just thought it well, was. Well, he said it's for family personal and personal reasons. That can mean anything, though. that's a broad thing, but I think that it's that. You know, I'm just the, saying, I'm just saying, there's no need to speculate on it. It can be in anything. Um, but I think, yeah. But either way, they got uh, Lolani um, Faliva, um, who is, you know, from Hawks Bay, Stu. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of been what we've talked about a lot on this podcast is just being, um, you know, like coaches love their guys. So yeah, exactly. um, Francisco DeFormes, Hawks Bay forwards coach. Hey, we need a prop real quick. Get the guy. Guy comes over from Hawks Bay. So he obviously looks to Hawks Bay for props, right? So um looking forward to seeing him. Um, I love that if you search him on like YouTube, I love it when I look up props and I see a highlight reel for a prop and I click it and I'm expecting just like scrummaging and like ruck arrivals and maybe some tackles but instead get treated to three minutes of ball carries. It's delightful. 
Um, so that's oh, always fun. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of, uh, so that, that's a fun, that's always a, a benefit of, uh, you know, some props. If you got a prop that can, uh, carry the ball with a little bit of speed, you know, it's always fun seeing a little step from a prop. Um, and, uh, you know, so that'll be fun. So hopefully, you know, he can bring a little bit of that kind of flair to it. And we get some, of uh, big man tries this year as well. Um, Cole Brown co- coming over, like you said, senior Academy plays for Mac, um, Brody Ferguson Brown, pretty solid, um, depth chart for your number nines, if you ask me. So, um, this kind of rounds out the roster. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about it as a whole. So, um, Stu, any, any thoughts just on, uh, kind of the last three, three signings here? Yeah, I think it's, uh, great signings to have, you know, really fills out, um, depth and options available for the arrows, especially considering, uh, certain players, won't be returning for the 2022 season. So, you know, I'm excited to see, and I'm always going to be happy to see uh, senior academy players mm-hmm. make the step up to any MLR team, never mind the Arrows. But, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited for the season. We've got about, what is it, like less, fewer than two weeks to go. I know. That's and, the only thing that the, uh, the preseason game um, gave me. I was just like... Like it's like Jones and yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, do you guys have like, I was, you got I was any, really you got any like, more of those uh, arrows games going on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was like, it's, wanted to be like, hey, because somebody in like in the stadium, could you just hold your phone up or something? Yeah. Like, um, well, I'll follow you a, on Twitter. Just put up a live video. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Fewer than uh, and the, ga- the game that's ago. in Canada got canceled next week too, so it's even worse. I know, I know. But that's the thing. We've got um, fewer than uh, 12 days at this point until the new oh. season of MLR. So really excited for that. And, down, yeah. Yeah, almost, it's almost going to be like prediction time and stuff. Eh? It is. Uh, may have an idea for next week's episode. Yeah, um, but until then, we do have some results from across the Atlantic because it was the first week of the Spanish Rugby Sevens. So the first weekend was in Malaga. And, you know, we're still having Rugby Canada 7s in a rebuilding phase following the Olympics. So, you know, not expecting much. The men finished, I'm going to say 8th, but it was like 7th. There wasn't a playoff um, game for like 7th place. But the point differential was greater than the other one. So I'm saying that uh, the Canada men finished 8th. Um, for the women, they finished sixth, uh, losing out on the fifth place playoff, uh, which is a shame. But uh, he's hoping that uh, when they go to Seville, which is a city I know very well, um, you? you know, hoping for. Pardon? Is that a city that you know very well? Are you? Yeah, I lived and worked there for three months. About oh, I did not know this. Ago. Is this? Is, yeah. what, what I was you, trying to. Doing? I was trying to establish a uh, Spanish rugby team, and they told me to go off for the Spanish equivalent of that. Um, Can you speak Spanish after living in Spain? No, mi español es muy malo. Why are we interviewing all the players on the team that can speak Spanish in Spanish? This is a whole demographic that we could hit now. Why if, haven't if you, you told me? This? If you knew Spanish, you would know what I was saying and know why we're not interviewing them in Spanish. Oh, am I going Oh, am I do I have to like erase that now? You don't have to erase it. It's it's a fun it's a fun easter egg for all our Spanish speaking uh listeners that have very diligently learned English 
enough to know well, that. Are we going to get banned from... We're not going to get... It's not offensive. Like how, it's not, how bad was the thing that you just said? I just said my Spanish is really terrible. Oh, okay. So, all right. That's fair. Um, yeah. mine, mine is too, because I had no idea what you just said. Exactly. Um, um, but, uh, but, but yeah, they, that's better than mine, though. It's, what, what were you doing in Spain? Now I'm curious. I was actually... This is weird. I was working for Seville Football Club Television on like a three-month internship. Back, cool. back, when, back when the UK was in the EU, I could do these kind of things, but oh wow, now we're not. Anyway, we're gonna. We have to dive into this more one day. We don't have to. Yeah. Um, we'll get, uh, but I'm gonna but get to one thing with Tommy De La Vega in Spanish on our podcast. <laughs> oh no, I, I don't think anyone wants to hear. Not Tommy, not us, not our listeners or viewers. But anyway, something that I can say that is conclusive is that we mentioned last week that the Vancouver and Los Angeles Sevens tournaments had been postponed. We have now been given dates for them. So the Vancouver Sevens have been moved to the weekend of April 16th to 17th. And interestingly, Los Angeles now becomes the finale of the World Seven Series for 2022. And it's rescheduled for August 27th to 28th. Now, this is... Probably something that none of the teams want because this is placed between the Commonwealth Games, which has um, sevens in it, and a lot of teams will be taking part in that. And it's also, I believe, just before the World Cup sevens that take place in South Africa. There's a lot of sevens this year. It is. Well, now that uh, certain countries can host again, because, well, I mean, like last year, we just had the Olympics and uh, Vancouver and Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So, of course, so of course, we're all we're about to have our fourth weekend. So, of course, there's more sevens rugby than last year. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really tough for yeah. those teams, especially the teams that are going to be both in the uh, Commonwealth Games and in the World Cup Games as well. Because, you know, I've, I think the, if I remember correctly, the Commonwealth Games are the end of July. So you would have a month until the LA7s. And then it's going to only be like a week, two weeks until the, because it's the first week, full weekend of September. It, sorry, it's the uh, second weekend. It's the 9th to the 11th. So yeah, two weeks later, it's the World Cup weekend. That is just it's a good warm up. Yeah, but it's the it's the final of like the seven series as well. It's like some teams yeah. will be saying that you know it can be their determination of if they're a core team for twenty. I'm, I'm imagining like especially. I mean, obviously, not every country is going to compete in the Commonwealth Games, um, right? So it's like that's a week off for a lot of teams. Um, yeah, but but if you, I, I know I know you you're from it, you, I know you're from Britain, but you have to remember that not every country is part of the Commonwealth. Um, but right. uh, hang on, hang on, no, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you can you continue your point, and I'll uh, I'll allow you to you know keep digging your grave. It's fine. Carry on, carry on, Derek. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah. So it's like that might be a break, but then I don't know. It's a it's a big tune-up game, I guess, before uh, before the World Cup, right? So. Um, which I mean, the World Cup is really just a more important sevens tournament. So I'm like, I, I guess uh, that might be downplaying it a little bit. 
Um, but it's like I don't like I'm sure I'm sure they're they're capable of playing those tournaments in quick succession. Um, I'm sure coaches are gonna rest guys and um depending on the actual circumstances. Also, you forgot to mention that the uh, the USA won the women's uh tournament this past weekend. Yeah, that was well it's which uh... which just to be clear, I hate, but it's yeah. also kind of cool. Um, so we'll you're, congratulate we'll you're congratulate them through gritted trees. Yeah, as I say, we'll congratulate them. I still hate it, but we'll congratulate them. It's always so, it's uh, team Nor- team North America. Well, you gotta 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 support, I guess, on the global stage. But I still hate it. So okay, but so congr- good for them. So the point I was making about for the Commonwealth Games is that um, so these are the teams that can take part in the Commonwealth Games and are taking part in the World Rugby Sevens as well. Okay, we'll start off with the obvious: England, Scotland, mm-hmm. Wales, Canada. Every Commonwealth country here. Yeah, I am because I'm going to show you uh, Fiji, Australia, yeah, New Zealand, and the Blitzbox, South Africa. Yeah, there's a lot. Just, of- this is eight. That's half of the teams that are currently in the World Series at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot of Commonwealth countries that play rugby too. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder why. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I mean, is in like so much effort going into these big tournaments. And then instead of having the like six weeks to prepare for the World Cup, you suddenly like said, this is the finale of the World Series as well. It's two weeks before the World Cup. Now, for certain teams, that's not going to matter one bit because they're already core teams. But, you know, if you get relegated out of that, you then have to spend the next year trying to get into the world series as well so that's what i mean that's, that's what i'm saying like south africa australia um new it's zealand big, they're not going to worry about month. it it's going to yeah. be a big month for a lot of teams yeah yeah it's a lot so, of it's a lot of there'll be a lot of really important matches in a quick period of time yeah that's what that's what i mean there's been like the added pressure of get, everything else all right okay now now you get it now you get it um yeah, because now at the moment it's uh, South Africa have got the most points of sixty-six because they've won. Well, technically they've won all the last five tournaments mm-hmm. in the World Seven Series. They've won both the Canadian ones of twenty twenty-two, and both in Dubai and the first one of Spain. So they're doing pretty well. So and also they're the host of the uh, World Cup in uh, September. So mm-hmm. you know. No pressure, Lance. Uh, sure, you'll be fine. Okay, so you know we talked about uh, over in Europe with Rugby Canada, maybe even uh, South Africa as well. Now we're going to bring it back to North America because um, we've seen episode four of Inside the Scrum with the Austin Gill Gronies. Um, this is focusing. To- it's now coming towards the end of the season. They've just had the game against Utah. Um, Adam Gilchrist has been on the line saying that he's not happy with how the team's been performing, but you know, the guys are starting to turn things around. They're starting to get back in the win column. And then they had their final home game of the 2021 season against Toronto. We don't need to talk about the score of that game. And I was going to say that was, that was my, uh, my one reaction watching this video or this, this episode was like, I forgot how bad that game was. Like, I, felt, oh. I felt like revisiting like a repressed memory of just I forgot oh. how bad that game was. You don't have, you don't have to rekindle that memory if you just skip to the end. 
That, that is the end, though. No, end. as in, like, they spend the a good, like, yeah. two, three minutes talking about, oh, the interception yeah. dry and stuff like that. I'm like, ah, yeah. no. I, I've seen how the song and dance goes. That's just, uh, let's get to have that feeling after. It's, the it's game. even worse, though, too, because they spend the entire episode talking about how they can't score. And then they get to the Toronto game, and all they did was score. I also, and it was just, it was, I was like, ah. I didn't need to watch this episode. I could have just skipped yeah. episode five. I like how the fact they don't mention at all Toronto's circumstances for the 2021 season. They're just like, yeah. and co- and coming into uh, Austin is Toronto yeah. for the final home game of the season. It's like, oh, they've absolutely dominated them. Oh, you know, I'm sure they've done that many times over the past <laughs> few years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I was I was saying like, oh, you know, you don't need to uh, do the drama of um, drive to survive to like get people. Uh, may- maybe do a bit of the backstory a little bit, <laughs> just just a little bit, just a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, that's a that's a good point. It's like they didn't really. I mean, maybe we're just saying that because we're Toronto fans and none of the fans of other teams us biased. How yeah. dare you? Um, but yeah, yeah, no, they really didn't mention it. And I, it, it is interesting because I think like. I mean, like, say, like, MLR is successful and, um, like, you know, we're looking back at this league, like, in 30 years, being like, I feel like one of the things you're going to remember is, like, hey, remember that one time that, like, Toronto had to play an entire season in Atlanta because we couldn't go outside? Um, Yeah. And, you know, it was... Hey, you want to talk about repressed memories? I'm pretty sure 2020... Oh, man. 2020 and 2021 will be repressed memories. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um... So, yeah, other than like, I mean, I thought the episode was good, you know, because this episode really focused on the coaching staff a lot. And I found I felt it was kind of interesting how the episode sort of started with, you know, Adam Gilchrist making a phone call being like, hey, like we need to trade for like a, a fullback or a flyer, somebody that can make a difference when they get inside the 22 um, to like, you know, to kind of linking into the 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 coaches trying to be like well how how do we create more offense how do we end up scoring um and obviously the episode kind of concludes where they have a they put up a massive total against the arrows um but i'm curious to see how this is going to like link together at the end when you know as we all know the way the season played out is that austin's going to miss the playoffs and it's going to be because utah scores in bunches and they had so many more bonus points, and the bonus points put them out of reach of Austin. So um, I'm kind of curious to see since they have made their Austin's lack of ability to score, since they've made that a big part of the storyline. I'm curious to see how that actually is going to wrap up when it hits the end of the season. Um, also, I thought Sam Harris addressing the team for making a, a dumb penalty by saying, I didn't think I have to coach that. But apparently, I do, um, or I didn't have. To, I didn't think we have to coach that, but yet here we are, or whatever, in the middle of the dressing room at halftime, and it was hilarious. Um, yeah. The honestly, I think the show needs more of that. Just like coaches, like laying into players at halftime and stuff with hilarious lines like that, because that was that was pretty. They should have showed the penalty too, though, because I don't remember what the penalty was. But and yeah. I think one thing that needs to happen. And this is something that's not just from inside the scrum. It's also from um, 
so like social media posts and things like that is that um, MLR needs to get a clean feed of their games. And what I mean by that is that you need to have a feed that doesn't have the um, scores, the timestamp, um, any graphics on it at all. So that when you do these kind of replays, you don't have to zoom in to crop out mm. the score line. And that sounds like a lot more money, though, Stu. Well, it's really if you're doing a live feed anyway, you're what you're getting from the mm. live feed before it goes onto television is the clean um, is is the clean feed. So basically, you just need a recording of that. Mm. And then you have the you also have like the match recording as well. So then you can just record have both recordings. So you can have one for historical purposes, which would be the clean feed, and then you have one for uh, the monetary purposes, which would be uh, replays and things like that. And it it also means that when you do things like um, you know the slow mo tries and things like that those are all clean feeds because there's no graphics on mm. those and you know again you can say that okay because the league's in its infancy you can kind of get away with it but if you want to do more shows like this mlr needs to have clean and if you want to do it of you know focus on the gill team so the gill gronies or the guiltinis if they want to put the money up to get the clean feeds Maybe Adam, maybe you can uh, swing a little money that way, possibly. Maybe this guy, um, this guy does one three-month internship for a soccer team in Spain and thinks he knows everything about TV production. Now, uh, that's only the beginning of my TV sports career. <laughs> my actual, my first job after university was working on the Premiership final at Twickenham. Oh, Jesus! Where, oh. where are these? Why, like, how? Still, you have we have a podcast. You're supposed to tell stories. How like why are you holding out yeah. on us? Nothing. We haven't we haven't had like a night together where we've like had drinks and then regaled our stories of our past. That's why. No, I think I've now. I've met you like once in person. Yeah, and I don't even think I don't even think you were on the podcast yet. I think I've just like oh, this is just a random arrows fan to me. But um, little did I know at that time. I don't know that you never met Dan either. I don't think did you. I've met Dan now because I met him oh, at the uh, rugby oh, rally. But right, well, we're on the pod. No, we didn't. But then again, that is the state of the world at the moment. Is in if it hadn't been for COVID, maybe we would have. Yeah. Well, first of all, all the arrows games of the past two years would have been at home. And uh, mm. yeah, apparently we, we need to hang out more, man. We got to flesh out some uh, some Premiership uh, Twickenham TV stories. Absolutely. Uh, what game was it? Like what? Uh, uh, what the- year was it? So this is 2012. So this would have been Tigers versus Quins for the uh, 2012 title. Mm. Oh, see, that could be that could be an interest. See, because like MLR players played in that game, so we could like tie it into what we talk about too. Exactly. Hmm? All right, but that's for the future. We're gonna quickly go over. Apparently, we the... need to hang out more. Yeah, we we actually need to hang out in person. Yeah, once. Uh... We... But I hang out more. <laughs> I mean, like, and yeah, if, at least one more time. Yeah, <laughs> at least one more time. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna swing over to like other MLR news that has happened over the past week, and there have been there have been a few signings which we'll get into. But the big news has been with you know 
uh, two weeks ago until the season starts, two teams are without head coaches. And this was both announced on the same day as well, with a, about a few hours difference. So, first of all, in the Eastern Conference, um, the head coach of Rugby ATL, Scott Lawrence, has resigned from the organization. Rumors being that with the change in ownership group, um, there was a there were disagreements of how they wanted the team to progress, and Scott Lawrence announced that he would be leaving the team. Um, wild. That is pretty wild because this is the Eastern Conference champions yeah. and now going in without a head coach. And again, I cannot say this enough. It's less than two weeks until the season starts. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. It's it's so, yeah, just a weird situation in general. I mean, like they're owned by the Free Jacks now too, which is another, another wrinkle in that. Yeah. Um, or the same group that owns the Free Jacks, I should say, not that the Free Jacks do own them. Um, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, like you fire the, um, I guess, or maybe not fire, but like, yeah, the uh, the coach, the reigning Eastern Conference Championship coach um, is no longer the coach of the team two weeks before the season starts. But then, yeah, weird. Let's move to Dallas, too, because it's just it gets yeah. more bizarre. Yeah, so that was the, that's the issue out East. And out West, it's, uh, it's basically been... Uh, death by attrition at this point because Michael Hodge, um, who was appointed as Dallas Jackals head coach, has had to sadly mutually mm. part way with the club due to visa issues. And they actually released a statement saying that, you know, he's been trying to coach the team over Zoom from Australia, where his visa issues are ongoing, because it seemed as though at a point he was like days away from getting his visa application interview sorted and now though it's turned into several months until that appointment's coming through so they just had to make the decision and Michael Hodges agreed with them that he's not going to be in a position to be able to be the head coach for the Dallas Jackals for 2022 it does mean now that if Scott Lawrence does want to join an MLR team there's now a very convenient uh place available with Dallas. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. No. That'd be Although I will point wild, out that Dallas and um, Atlanta will not face each other in the regular season. I, in all honesty, though, I do not. I, I saw that somewhere else, but um, I, I don't think that would even matter if that ended up happening. Like, why would you care? Or whatever. Go yeah, that's true, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of coaches or athletes, like that mentality is like, yeah, we'll go beat them. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Like the kind of um I would be honestly though, like I would be if you're rugby ATL, I think you'd be more nervous about playing a Scott Lawrence coach team because anybody knows how to beat rugby ATL, it's gonna be him. Yeah, it's gonna be the guy who got them to the designed uh, rugby ATL. final, yeah. yeah. From the ground up, pretty much, too. So yeah. um, but yeah, wild, 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 yeah. Again, it seems as though that yeah, ATL it, there's always one. Like every every yeah. year, it seems like there's there's always one. Like, yeah, but it, it was also a case of like ATL put out a statement thanking Scott Lawrence for his time with yeah. the club, and that they were also going to announce a new head coach in the coming weeks, whether that's mm-hmm. permanent or interim. I'm gonna well, they they've got a preseason fixture coming up, so yeah. I'm gonna say someone's got to coach it. Yeah, same with um, Dallas. Dallas said they were gonna have to announce. I mean, I'm assuming they're gonna announce a coaching staff too, but or a replacement, but. I don't know. It's uh, 
it's it's a fascinating thing to see sometimes with how you know i mean yeah. visa visa issues even even pre-covid visa issues were always a thing in mlr oh, and God, uh, yeah. problems for it um covid's probably just making it worse too um but yeah scott lawrence though that's that'll be interesting like i that'll be interesting to see where he ends up or what he decides to do with his with his time now so um ongoing definitely an ongoing story for sure we'll uh, we'll kind of see what happens could be uh yeah there's al- always some drama in major league rugby yeah no n- never a boring day with mlr no uh, we've also had some player signings there was obviously far fewer than the past few weeks as uh, we get ready for the season to take place um, Thomas Oake has joined San Diego from North Harbor. Uh, joining him is Jale Rilala, who's joined him at San Diego. This time from Glasgow Warriors. Yeah. Um, California becoming the unofficial home of Canada and the Glasgow Warriors. Yeah. Sometimes both. <laughs> Sometimes um, both. Yeah. Uh, Cole Zarconi has joined Seattle from San Diego. So we got we have some arrivals and departures that. Uh, San Diego at this point. Um, a big signing, uh, surprise, surprise, for LA as Tom Mitchell is joining them from England and Team GB Sevens. Uh, Dean Muir is joining Houston from San Diego. And player that we mentioned uh, before, who was uh, announced just before the old glory game with Toronto, uh, John Lefave has joined DC from Nova Rugby. And announced today, we have three new signings for Houston, all from different clubs. So Aaron Mitchell has joined Houston from San Diego. Um, Fricky DeBeer has joined Houston from LA. And interestingly, Pono Davis has joined Houston from the SMU Mustangs football team. That's quite an interesting development. I know we've uh, talked about crossover athletes in MLR before, and obviously with the Colorado XOs, now the American Raptors, but uh, this seems to be a direct signing from another sport as opposed to going through like a mid-team until coming into MLR. So that's interesting. It'll be, um, he's listed as a prop. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting how he um, makes his way. Um, so as we mentioned, we got some MLR preseason games coming up, but that's not the only rugby that you can find on TV in Canada. Um, after the Champions Challenge Cup, the fourth round has come to an end. We are now back to the Premiership and United Rugby Championship just before the Six Nations occurs in February. And if you want to see those two leagues, you can watch them on Sportsnet. Uh, Japan League One has resumed in Japan, of all places. And <laughs> you can It's funny uh, when your brain that. starts a sentence but doesn't know where to go with it, right? Yeah. Um, and you can just find that on the Rugby Network for free. You just need to sign up. You'll have access to it. So we have five preseason and games for this. Is is the second weekend of the, the Spanish Sevens? Is that is that, that will be? Yes. Yeah, so that is the Seville game. That is on yeah CBC. So it's yeah. Olympic Channel. So you can watch it on there. It is, however, on European time. So it is uh, six hours ahead. So just keep that in mind. When looking that up, you didn't didn't feel the need to toss in the time zones for everybody else. Well, Japan League One is the crack of dawn or like (laughs) 3 a.m. So, uh, Premiership Rugby is only five hours ahead. Um, although it depends if you're watching the URC games in South Africa and Italy, 
those are going to be six hours ahead. You know, if you get the right app, it'll tell you all the time zones uh, relevant to you. And or it's, it's 2022. You can watch them whenever you want. That is also relevant. I am not waking up in the middle of the night to watch Japan League One, but I will catch the highlights on the Rugby Network. So we have another five preseason MLR games scheduled for this weekend. Here's hoping that all five can go ahead without any issues. But we have on January the 28th, we have Old Glory DC versus New England Free Jacks. We have San Diego Legion versus the LA Giltinis. And we have the Seattle Seawolves versus the Hartford Harpooners. And on January 29th, we have Noel the Gold versus Rugby ATL and the Austin Gilgronies versus Rugby New York. Now, last week, we had a certain fan favorite make prediction. So, Derek, do you think we should give the Toonie another chance? Yeah, because it was, it was broken last week. So It was broken last week. I was going to say, it didn't It do was too so well broken week. that it actually canceled two of the fixtures. That's I was say, well, not, it didn't get any, as far as I recall, it didn't get any right either. Any of the and ones it. that actually happened, it didn't get any right. So, <laughs> Okay, so for the... It was, it was for like over for five. <laughs> for those that don't know, heads means the home team wins. And tails means the away team wins. So we have DC versus New England. And the Toonie says it's going to New England. Okay, San Diego versus Los Angeles. It is going to the Legion. It's a heads. Ooh, and so C- okay, now this is where we can tell if it's broken or if it's working. Seattle versus Hartford. Big upset. It's going to Hartford. Oh, so it is working. It is working. Yeah. Flawlessly. Okay. okay. All right. So Nola Gold versus Rugby ATL is going to ATL. And finally, Austin Gilgronis versus Rugby New York is going to Austin. There we go. All right. One more week until we're making a real prediction. So hopefully, absolutely, gets, absolutely. Uh, we got to get the table set up. We got to get our uh, win loss record of how uh, accurate we are compared to the Toonie. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. It'll be, yeah, exactly. Well, Dan, Dan's not here to bring the average down this year, so it'll be all right. I don't know. I think my uh, predictions were absolute trash last year. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, especially in the first, well, that was the reason why we started the Toonie in the first place was because nobody yeah. could predict a game in the first, first like six weeks, and then we we're like, yeah. I want. If well, we, just, we that we was very quickly got onto the mindset we, of LA win, so we'll pick that. Yeah, that was the hypothesis was that uh, if uh, you can pick at, you have a better shot at just randomly picking a team, a coin flip, than actually making educated guesses or educated picks. Okay, so we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to previous episodes on all our podcast channels, which include Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those fun jazz. And you may like to watch us as well, see our beautiful faces. You can see four episodes on YouTube. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at La Rouge Rugby. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see our social media handles down below. But if you're listening, you obviously can't. So, Derek, where can the fine people find you? Yeah, at Brissette the Jet across everything that you can think of. 
any platform for Seth the Jet. Easy to remember. Might not be easy to spell. It's on the screen, though. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is hardman, spelled H-4-R-D-M-A-N. Well, Derek, like I said, fewer than two weeks until we're back into the proper MOR season. Mm-hmm. We're looking, looking forward to it, and we're hoping that you can join us next time. 